0: On today's podcast, Mike and Greg had a ping-pong match of various bullish and bearish scenarios of the current gray market environment. We hope you enjoy this battle. All right. Today, let's talk a little point-counterpoint uh, on the grains here. Well, let's go uh, corn and beans, actually. Uh, Mike, you take uh, – well, let's say you take the, the bull side uh, here, and I'll take the bear side. And we'll see if we can kind of lay out some ideas on why – Markets could go in in either direction at this point. How about you uh, kick us off with the the bull side of the corn? All right. Talking about bullish
1: corn at this point, what should we be looking for? We got yields, obviously. That's something that's been greatly debated on these previous reports. You had the yield rise on the last WASD. Can it come down on this next WASD? I think that's very likely, especially looking back in 1995. You had a rise up in yields on the August report before they started dropping them on every – report following. So I think that's a big thing we should be looking for is yields. Uh, another thing you could be looking for, I don't know if it's going to be now or a little bit farther down the line, but this harvested acres as well. So you get both of those. And then on top of that, you got Trump's giant package coming for the ethanol industry that is right now talked about. It should be a market mover. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition or if it's just like, uh, the previous huge, uh, purchases of china that was supposed to come to the table that never did but that'll be a, another question for another day but you got all these things starting to come about and on top of that you do have a seasonal low for this last week of august so we're coming up on a time frame you have a lot of things coming stirring in the pot that could come bullish here real soon
0: okay well, let's uh let's look at it from the uh the bear side here. And you mentioned yields and I, I while I would tend to agree with you looking at the way that the USDA does things, I'm going to take the other side of that and say that the yields are not going to come out bullish. They may come out a little bit lower, but I don't think it's going to be low enough to uh be bullish in the eyes of the of the market. You've got uh, people saying, "Well, this thing, you know, we're we're sitting at one sixty nine point five right now." Um, I get the feeling that uh, with the USDA, the way they've the way I've seen them do things in the past few years, that number stays static for a little while. It may come down just a little bit, maybe back to one sixty eight, but they're not going to recognize a big uh, a big dip in yield until you get to maybe October or even November, as the combines are rolling. So I'm going to take the other side of that and say that yield right now is not going to be our friend. It could be down the road. But for for the way to trade this market, looking at the bear side of things, USDA doesn't typically ramp things up and then all of a sudden magically, oh, we were wrong, and change their mind the next month. So, I mean, it's happened before, but... I would lean to the more protected side on on the next report based on yields because I just don't see them dropping it too much. So if you see the USDA kicking a can down the road,
1: how about this next point that everyone's been talking about, frost? We're starting to see that 11 to 15 day. It's really flipping back and forth here recently, but you got a lot of people talking about that full moon coming up in September and a potential mid-September to maybe late-September frost. Do you think that's something that could come about?
0: It could, Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely could. The problem that I have had and the, the thing that I've said for a long time is when it comes to frost, it doesn't necessarily spread as wide as everybody wants to think it is. It's not going to hit everybody the exact same way. So from North Dakota all the way down to Missouri and from North Dakota all the way across to Ohio, it's not going to blow up this corn, uh, this corn crop or even the bean crop. Uh, for that matter, I think yeah, it could come in and and be an issue in the northern tier of the of the Midwest, but I just don't think for right now, it's it's going to be as big of an issue as everybody thinks. We we've seen that we've uh, we've developed a little bit faster on some of this corn than we we initially thought. Yes, we're going to need the time, but I just don't think that frost. Uh, is going to be an issue, and it, I don't think you can trade it until you actually see it.
1: Okay, so maybe looking at next week it's, if you're looking for this you November. Know, yeah, I, yeah I don't think it's something
0: today. that can be that is immediately. That's got to play into the market. Mm-hmm. So, and then the other, you know, the the thing that we've really been dealing with when it comes to corn is lack of demand. Yeah,
1: but we got all these uh, trade deals coming to the table. Japan, you got the USMCA that should be signed.
0: Any day, maybe we've only been working on that for a year, um, but Japan—that while I'll grant you—that's good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, everybody wants to see more demand out of some of our some of our bigger uh, trade partners. Um, it's token business f- uh, because they don't necessarily need to buy that corn from us. It's really just kind of taking the place of some of what we thought China was going to be buying. Um, yeah, it's good. It's your number one buyer buying from you, but we need to find other countries to buy our corn. So Mexico's our number one or number two. Japan's our number one or number two. They flip-flop back and forth. We need to find somewhere for that corn to go. And biofuel may be that that issue. Okay, they've got a a deal that they're trying to work out for biofuel use. But that ethanol, uh, that EPA decision to grant those uh, refineries exemptions, that really takes a lot of a lot of demand out of the domestic uh, market. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to completely shut that down because if they have a they have something figured out that they're going to make everybody feel like a winner on this thing, great. But that's going to be a, a you know kind of like China's uh, trade deal, put up or shut up at this point because we played this game back and forth, and now we've got the more bearish side of. Now you have these these refineries that have these exemptions. How do you walk that back?
1: Mm-hmm. And something else I'd like to throw out. It's not really going to help my case from the bullish standpoint, but just something to also keep in mind because I don't think it has really been discussed. Is um, Japan's supposed to buy all this excess corn? Where's the purchase?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and supposedly with where we're at on on that is that you know they're. We're back to TPP-level uh, conversations, uh, specifically with Japan, not with all the other countries that were involved in TPP. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we – part of the MFP was to find new demand from other countries, other places here, you know, domestically, whether it's ethanol or, or you know, the, the way that we use our corn products. Um, but – where what have we seen out of that so far that's the that's the problem I keep running into is the demand just is not there for corn now it could change over the course of the next few weeks once the combines get running maybe we we soften our stance on on china a little bit maybe we do get a deal done with them when we actually sit down and meet with them but i don't think that you you can view this market as a runaway train until some of these other Ideas become reality, like Frost, China, or you see that purchase order for Japan. Uh, so those are those are unfortunately why I don't think this market takes off just yet. Doesn't mean it couldn't. Some of the things that you mentioned, um, you know, as you get closer to November, or let's say you even get to that final report in January, yeah, sure, just not right now.
1: Then let's switch it over to the beans. Beans have been all over the place. Why don't we start off bearish this time, and I'll go bullish afterwards.
0: The bearish side of that, for the most part, lies with China. We have seen a huge cut in export demand because of China. We went from, I think, 2.2 billion uh, bushels uh, last year to uh, 1.7, 1.8 this year we'll probably see that number come back down again on the on future reports for new crop and the tough part about that is we haven't found anybody to really step up and take those take those beans or take more beans from us because let's face it south america continues to to build their their acreage or hectares or whatever you want to call them the the amount of uh, planting that they've been doing for Uh, for beans continues to grow year over year and they're only going to get better or get get more advanced when it comes to their logistics and their infrastructure i mean right now they're working 10 years behind where we are but it's not going to take long before they they get caught up i mean it didn't take them long to get caught up with us as far as production.
1: Don't you think with China's hog herd where it is and their need to rebuild that they're going to need the higher quality beans, which is our higher protein counter?
0: We are, as far as I remember, we are not the higher protein when it comes to uh, beans. I thought South America's uh, bean protein was better than better than ours. That's why we were losing some market share to uh to south america we were giving up protein levels for higher yields
1: hmm.
0: so i and and i while i will give you yeah decrease in, in hog herd due to asf means that when they want to ramp when they're ready to ramp that uh hog production back up uh, it'll probably be more of a corporate structure that they ramp it up to it won't be the you know the Everybody has 15 hogs in their, in their backyard. It'll be big corporate structures that are, you know, 30,000, 50,000 head at a time. And that'll help them ramp back up. And, yes, they will need beans to do that. But without a trade deal, we're kind of floating with only getting token business out of them rather than getting the lion's share like we used to.
1: Well, if we're not going to pick it up on the demand side of things, how about the supply side? I've been hearing a lot of horror stories out of beans this year. They've been put in late. They haven't gotten the heating units they need.
0: Uh, pod setting's not going well. What about that side of things? Agreed. Yeah. Similar to corn. Can't trade it yet, though. Combines have to run. We know for for years upon years upon years we can have a good-looking crop of, of beans out there, and it doesn't, it doesn't actually produce once the, the combines run. Or the other side of that is, boy, they look like garbage, but when the combines run, all of a sudden we've got these, you know, 50 and 60 bushel yields that we were expecting 40 and 50 bushel. So it can go either way, and until you kill this crop off with a killing frost or something like that, or let's say sudden death comes into it in in different areas or any of the other diseases or, or bugs or whatever... I don't think you can trade that just yet, and that's why I think you can stay. You can stay to the bear side on, on things, and you'd have to wait for that opportunity to show itself. Similar, like I said with the with China earlier, it's put up or shut up. You got to get it before you can actually trade it. So, what's your what's your bull side of 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 beans? Because everybody wants to to see higher prices. How do we get there?
1: I. Personally, I, I, I'd agree with you with the supply side of things. I do think that, like corn, it does have a seasonal basis around this time frame to bottom out, just going into the end of this month and into early September. Something that is going around is you got the no percussion. crush that's been record pace month after month after month. So our internal demand for beans to be crushed is doing pretty well. That external is having the hindrance with China. Trump just sent Chia a letter, so maybe that changed something around. You know how those beautiful letters work out. Um, But at this point, I think supply is going to be what's going on this year. If we do get that big cut to yields and uh, the pods just don't set properly and it's just too wet. I mean, these beans on the ground with wet feet, and they don't like wet feet. So we got that opportunity ahead of us, but right now we are – butting heads with both sides of this argument about whether it's China or whether it's going to be supply going on, so which one's going to break first?
0: Well, and with with the Chinese discussion, I mean, on a daily basis, we are friendly, we are negative, we are, you know, it goes, it goes back and forth. I mean, one day you see beans down, you know, 8 or 10 cents, the next day they get it all back plus a couple of cents, and then it goes the other way uh, for 4 or 5 cents. And it's similar to the way that the the stock market is ebb and, is having an ebb and flow uh you know with recession fears it's uh you know do, it also depends on what the president uh, comes out and says so um you know how do you how do you play the the this market has to go higher card if at any given time we're going to we're going to throw more tariffs out there you know, we like we said, as of yesterday, you know, the U.S. Trade Representative said we're going to increase tariffs on September 1st and December 15th, and we're good to go. So, how do you how do you pull that uh, that card out and say, you know what, we're just going to ignore what is going on in the in the media and just hold a hold a long position until it uh, until it comes right. Is there an answer for that?
1: At this point, I don't know if there if there is. That is a big reason. and I mean, you've seen on the – and not the commodity, but – yeah, commodities, but the index fund side of things that they've been very reluctant to put their money on the long side of things. And there is a lot of uncertainty when it comes to our trade deals. Yes, we might have an idea with Japan going forward, but like you said, the rest of the TPT, TPP countries are not part of that. Mm-hmm. We want individual deals with everyone.
0: We haven't signed Mexico and China, or Mexico and Canada yet, which has been floating out there for almost a year.
1: And I doubt that we get it in the next year either. We got an election year coming up, and you're going to have the both sides of the party trying to do whatever they can to get their party in the presidency. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what China seems to be waiting for. Yeah, and is, is is a bit- get a, get the election over with, and then see who the next president is. And if it's Trump, then they've got to probably scramble to get something done. And if it's not, maybe they can bully that person into a deal that was similar to where we were at before.
1: Right. And on top of that, I think a big thing that we did shoot ourselves in the foot with was backing up those tariffs until December 15th. You're going to have China, during one of their biggest money-making seasons of the year, be able to import all of those electronics, cell phones, toys... Everything you need for the holiday season that's going to get us get them through a good chunk of their earnings. So, I just personally, on the China side of things, I don't see, and as I know a lot of people don't, China come to the table before the election. Maybe we get a ton quickly afterwards. If Trump gets reelected, China comes to the table, hey, we're not doing this for another four years, we did it for two, it's really hurting. Now we'll make a deal. Or like you said, you get the Democratic side of things in there and they're trying to, you have both sides with their reason to make a deal China and they think they can bully their way into it. And the Democratic side of things are, are yeah, they, they can say that, look, I made a deal and it took Trump two years. So it kind of puts some points in the Democrat side of things that they were able to make a deal while the Republicans weren't. And on top of that, they'll have a still Democratic House. That will well, help them with the USMCA and everything.
0: Hopefully, we haven't muddied the waters here too much and confused everybody. But those those are the uh, ideas that we're dealing with as we uh, head into fall and head into harvest uh, with the corn and beans. You know, there are bullish and bearish uh, factors in the market. We didn't even talk about the technicals. We could sit down and talk technicals uh, to the same to the same effect. I mean, you're in a downtrend for for corn. And you're trying desperately to, to claw back out of it, mm-hmm. um, you know. So maybe that'll be something that we do on a uh, on a future uh, show, and and get an idea of where where we stand on the uh, the technical side of things, and and break that down from a uh, a uh, point and counterpoint uh, uh, approach. Definitely. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you have any questions, please give us a call 1-800-262-7538 or shoot us an email at service at allendale-inc.com. Have a good one.